Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward podcast where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Hi friends, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 15, and today we are continuing to talk about ways to support our health, specifically our emotional and mental health, by moving our bodies. Our bodies were designed to move. Our bodies will not function well if we are engaging in regular physical activity. You've probably heard the tagline, sitting is the new smoking, and that is because research is starting to show just how detrimental inactivity is to our health. So we all know that we need to be exercising regularly and moving our bodies, but there's also a lot of just misinformation and a lot of people who seem to have an opinion on exactly how we should do it. Um, So let's just kind of go back to the basics a little bit and talk about some of the health benefits and the ways that moving our body regularly benefits our our health. One is um, just overall happiness, the release of endorphins and increase in serotonin production that comes when you regularly engage in physical activity. It's just, it's such a mood booster and it is so worth it, especially if you're someone who struggles with um, just kind of the blues or um, any kind of mood disorder um, issues like that. It's not obviously the only answer or it's not a cure-all in and of itself, but it does help so much. I know that I've personally experienced this when I'm just kind of having a day or I'm in my own head about something or even battling just a little bit of anxiety or um, even, you know, borderline like depression sometimes. Just getting outside and walking around a little bit, going for a walk or even just moving, um, doing some light stretches or a couple like yoga flows or something like it helps so much just to get more blood flow to my brain and just overall, like it's almost like a cloud lifts, which kind of goes into the next thing, which is mental clarity and increased memory. It is so crazy how I have distinct memories of it's like any big decision that I've made. It's like somehow going for a walk always just helps. And there's just something about it. Like I said, like that fog just kind of seems to lift for me. And it, it just helps me to be able to think more clearly and helps me to be able to process my thoughts. And so if you're feeling like you've got a fog or if you have a lot of stuff in your head, um, I just suggest going for a walk. Um, even just 10, 15 minutes can help just relieve that so much and get a good boost of both endorphins and just cognitive ability. The next one is better sleep. Regular physical activity, um, especially if it's outside during the daytime, helps to support natural circadian rhythms. And so that will help your body to naturally fall asleep faster and be able to stay asleep all night. It helps with melatonin production, just a lot of different ways that it can support um, more quality sleep. And so that is always something that helps our health overall, um, as well as the mental clarity and the happiness and the serotonin levels, all those go hand in hand. Another is overall stress reduction in the body. So 
Exercise in general, physical activity, will increase your body's inflammation levels for a very short time while you're exercising. So your heart rate goes up, your blood is flowing more, you're sweating, you got all these things going. And so your cortisol goes up just a little bit, but overall it helps it to lower. And so after your workout is finished, when you have that relief, uh, release of endorphins and all that overall, your, your cortisol level, excuse me, will be lower and your body's inflammation level overall will be lower after engaging in regular physical activity. And then it just reduces your overall risk for disease. There's so many diseases that exercise, exercise can be a great prevention tool for, um, especially cardiovascular disease, Having regular um, cardiovascular exercise and movement, especially that heart rate getting up at at a moderate level several times a week. And then um, also going back to the cognitive things, um, even like Alzheimer's, regular physical activity has been proven to be a great tool in prevention for that. Um, Things like diabetes, autoimmune conditions, just overall general chronic disease pretty much all of them, if you look them up, one way to prevent and then also manage those diseases is physical, regular physical activity. Another that I think we don't think about a lot is when we exercise, it is pushing out toxins from our body. So when we sweat, we, that's one way that our body, our skin releases toxins And then the other is when we move like that and our blood flow increases and we have more circulation in our body, that helps our lymph system to have movement as well. And that's, there's very few ways to get that to really happen and exercise is one of them and it's the best one. And so, especially if you are dealing with chronic uh, disease or maybe chronic symptoms that are uncomfortable or concerning to you, getting toxins out of your body is usually key in dealing with those things. And so um, that's just supportive of your liver. It's supportive of your gut health. It's supportive of your hormone health. And so um, that's another great benefit. We also, I mean, this is kind of, I think, common sense, but it's worth noting that when we exercise regularly, we increase our strength and endurance. And Not only does that affect, I think we might automatically think of how we look, um, which is obviously a benefit, but more so I want to focus on the function. So when we are stronger, when we have higher levels of endurance, that means we can function independently for longer. And so think about the other people in your life that that affects, right? So yes, it's great for you. But also think about your children and your grandchildren. For me, I need to be able to get in the floor and play with my daughter. I need to be able to pick her up. I need to be able to bend down and get something out of the floor while holding her. That's another reason I need to be making sure that I'm engaging in regular physical activity, not only just to be healthy in general, but to be healthy for her and to be able to do the things that um, just help her to you know, have my full attention and that I can really engage and be active with her. And then, you know, when you have, when you're an adult or you have adult children, you don't want, we never want to be 
a burden to our other family members. And I mean, not that that's the case. And sometimes that happens and our family members are usually more than willing and happy to help take care of us. And that is a wonderful thing, but to be as independently active as long as possible is a good thing. Things about, you know, just being able to get up out of the floor or get down in the floor and get back up on your own or stand up out of a chair without having to lean on it and push off of it. All, I mean, these seem like little things, but in reality and in the uh, long term, they really are indicative of your level of health and just your level of independence physically. And so um, that's just another benefit and something, another motivator to think about. And then it supports a healthy weight. So regular physical activity, especially as you build more muscle mass, it just an efficient use of calories when you are moving your body, when, like we said, before, when you have a lot of um, movement, you have increased blood flow, it helps. It just helps everything to function the way that it's supposed to. And so that is a really big deal, especially when you're either trying to lose weight or maintain a healthy weight, just working with your metabolism and just supporting things to function the way that they're supposed to. And then lastly, um, your longevity, which I just kind of alluded to this a little bit as far as being physically independent for as long as possible, but also just overall, as far as your lifespan and your quality of life during that span. And so it's predicted that the, um, average lifespan right now, I think is in the high seventies. I could be wrong about that. It may be, it may have crossed over to 80, but, um, it's predicted that that's only going to go up just based on modern medical technology and medical advancements. Like that number is just going to go higher, but that in of itself is not necessarily good if the quality of life doesn't also remain high. And so you don't want to live to be 120 if you're miserable for the last 50 years of your life. And so that's just something to think about. Um, there's something called blue zones. I don't know if you've heard of that before, but there, there was a, um, article written about, there's been a book written about it, but then also some articles for national geographic and a blue zone is a place in the world where the majority of the population live to be, I think it's over a hundred. And upon doing research for these and writing the book, they found several commonalities between these different places. And it's really cool to study. But one of the things is, um, it was like walkability and just these people move. They don't necessarily drive everywhere. They don't, a lot of them don't even own cars. They just, they walk a lot and they move their bodies. And there's a lot of other things that go into it too, as far as community and their beliefs and the way they eat, of course, and things like that. But one of the things specific to today, what we're talking about is that they move their bodies and they do it regularly. And it's not that you're going to find they are all necessarily engaging in organized exercise. So like exercise classes or going to CrossFit or whatever. Not that those things are bad. Those things are fine. But most of these places don't have those kinds of opportunities available to them, but they just move. They walk a lot. They um, carry heavy things and their bodies are just conditioned to movement. And so that 
obviously goes a long way to promoting their quality of life for a long amount of time. Now, exercise is one of those things, as I mentioned before, everyone seems to have an opinion on which type of exercise is best or exactly how we should go about exercising. But um, contrary to popular belief, there is not a specific type or method of exercise that is best for everyone. It's just like most things, the method or type is going to depend on the person and the person's situation and their medical history and their physical um, ability and, and also on their preference. Um, not everyone enjoys the same thing. And so it's not a one size fits all type of situation. Now, there are a few guidelines, however, that do apply to everyone. So I want to go over those quickly. Um, one is just the general recommendation for how much or how often we should be engaging in regular physical activity. The American Medical Association gives the recommendation of 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic exercise per week. So that's going to be more cardio type things. Not It doesn't necessarily have to be cardio, but it's aerobic. And so you're, you're having a sustained heart rate for a longer amount of time, a, a higher heart rate for a longer amount of time. And so 150 minutes of that per week, plus two days of strength training. And so you can divide that out. However is best for you. If that's Um, If you can do an hour at a time, great. If you can only do 30 minutes at a time, then according to their recommendation, it would be something like 30 minutes a day, five days a week. And you can start by breaking that up. You can start by doing maybe 10 minutes and do it three times a day. And so it doesn't, again, it's not one size fits all. So that doesn't mean you need to run for 30 minutes, five days a week. It doesn't mean that you should do a hour and a half circuit twice a week. Like it's just um, going to be dependent on your situation, your amount of time, your level of physical fitness at you know where you are right now, and then also what you enjoy. But overall, the recommendation: 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic exercise per week, plus two days of strength training. So since I mentioned that, let's talk about strength training a little bit. Women have been known to be scared of doing weightlifting or strength training exercises because they don't want to get bulky or look like a bodybuilder. I think the culture is changing that a little bit in the past several years, but um, there's still plenty of women out there afraid to lift weights. And so Let's clear that up. You lifting weights and becoming bulky or gaining a lot of muscle mass and gaining a lot of weight and looking like, you know, a bodybuilder, that is not possible for most women, not without externally altering your hormones or working out so much, so intensely that you um, increase your natural testosterone production. So as women, we just don't have the level of those hormones in our body that men do that allow them to really bulk up and get those really huge, like, especially like chest and shoulder and back muscles that you see a lot of guys have. We just don't have 
most of us don't have the level of hormones in our body that even make that possible. So go ahead and remove that from your mind or your concerns. Like that's not going to happen. Now, what will happen is in lifting weights, you are going to build muscle mass. Yes, but you're really just going to look toned and defined. So your muscles will become more defined, but you're not going to get huge bulky biceps unless, like I said, you are working with someone specifically that knows how to do that. So if you're trying to go into a women's bodybuilding competition or something, then you're going to work with someone who's specifically trained on doing that. But for just the average woman working out, that's not going to happen. So you don't have to worry about that. What will happen, the benefits of either body weight strength training or weighted exercises, um, there's so many benefits. It's, it's honestly really, really good for our health. So let's just kind of talk about those a little bit. Strength training, either body weight or weighted exercise is the only way for us as adults to build bone mass. So if you are worried about osteoporosis or if you're worried about um, bone density issues, do strength training. That is the only way you can actively fight against those things happening. It also helps our bodies to be more sensitive to insulin. So it can help with blood sugar issues. So if you are diabetic or if you know you have insulin resistance or you're pre-diabetic, or if that's something that runs in your family and you're worried about becoming diabetic in the future, strength training, weight training is um, something that could be really beneficial for you. It just helps your body overall to be more sensitive to insulin and be able to utilize the glucose in your blood stream more readily and more easily. It's also great for preventing and treating autoimmune disease and just to decrease inflammation overall. I mentioned that in the beginning that when we exercise our um, cortisol levels and in turn our inflammation levels do rise temporarily but overall the effects of exercise will cause those inflammation levels to decrease and so if you're someone that has an autoimmune disease inflammation is something you don't want going on in your body or you want to try to calm your body down and so um regular strength training, like I said, body weight exercises or weighted exercises can help that. And then lastly, just in general, the more muscle mass you have, it not only helps you to be stronger and to function, but it also helps you to burn more calories throughout the day. And so I know that that's something that a lot of people can worry about that. And Again, to reiterate, I don't recommend we really focus on calories in versus calories out. However, just in general, burning more calories by just breathing and existing will happen with the more muscle mass you have in your body. And so that's just another added benefit. Let me give you a little bit of a warning though. When we're talking about exercise, more is not always better. So we have to be careful. I mean, exercise is like anything else. There's a balance. And so we need to maintain the risk versus benefit balance. And one of the ways in doing that is just to not go overboard. Don't become obsessive about it. It's, I think it's easy to do. 
because there are so many benefits and you do feel so much better when you exercise, but it can be taken too far. And so things like two a day workouts, you got to be really careful with that. Also high intensity workouts that last a long time, like an hour and a half to two hours on a regular basis. You just have to be really careful with that because like I just mentioned, while you're working out, your inflammation levels are going up and that's fine. But if they're going up really high and you're doing that all the time, that's not good. That will raise your overall inflammation levels rather than having a overall decrease on inflammation and cortisol, you're going to have an overall increase. And so that's not good. Generally inflammation, high inflammation is not what you want in your body. Also, not only that, but it also just increases your risk for injury, your body. Um, it, it really just, it doesn't sustain that level of wear and tear. Well, you need time to recover in between, um, And then for women, it can also cause issues with hormone imbalance from the higher inflammation levels, but also if your body fat percentage becomes too low, that will start to mess with your cycle. It can throw your hormones completely off. And so we just want to be careful. We don't want to become obsessive. We don't want to increase inflammation levels in our body. And we certainly don't want to throw normal um, balance and systems off. Most importantly, when it comes to exercise is to choose something that you like to do. I think this is key for a lot of people. A lot of people struggle to exercise. They struggle to be consistent. And I think this is probably one of the biggest reasons why is because they're choosing something they don't enjoy. If you hate exercising, if you dread it, you're not going to do it. At least you're not going to do it consistently. And so Choosing an activity that you enjoy will go a long way in helping you to make this a healthy habit in your life. So like I mentioned before, there's no one style or method of workout that is best for everyone. So you've got to experiment with this and see what is best for you and what's something that you like to do. You feel like you'll be able to stick to, I mean, You can work out in a gym, you can work out at home, you can do bar, you can do yoga, you can run, you can hike, you can walk, you can swim. There's so many options. The point is to move your body, to do that intentionally, and to do that by doing something that you enjoy. So evaluate that for yourself and pinpoint what it is that you really need. Is it just to find something that you enjoy? If so, Choose a new option this week. Give something a try. Sign up for something you haven't done before. Is it accountability? Ask a friend, text them, ask them to either work out with you or give them permission to ask you about it. Tell them what your plan is. Say, hey, I'm going to start working out regularly. This is my plan. I'm going to do this thing twice this week. I want you to text me at the end of the week and ask me if I've done it. And I guarantee you, knowing that they're going to text you and ask you will go a long way in motivating you. And after a while of that motivation, it will become a habit. Also, I mean, maybe it's your job. Maybe it's time and you just don't have time to work out after work or for whatever, for whatever reason, um, you sit all day at work. I mean, there are things you can still do. Be creative. 
think outside the box, be the change at work, be the person who starts a little lunchtime exercise thing. I mean, it doesn't have to be intense. Do a 10 minute um, stretches, lead your group in 10 minute stretches or a 10 minute walk around the building or go outside to get some fresh air, walk during your lunch. There are things that you can do. You just have to make the decision to figure out what will work for you and then commit to doing it. I hope that this episode has given you a little reminder and just a little push to get up and get moving. I know it did for me. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day and I will see you back here next week. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.